Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bright Future. This is a political podcast, but keep in mind that we do not insult others, but instead attack each other's arguments and deconstruct each other's opinions in a respectful manner. Keep an open mind to new perspectives and ideas, and keep your opinions flexible in order to take into account new information. Originally, I'm going to, well, I'm going to make this episode on the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which is H.R. 5376 in the Senate. Um, this bill is 755 pages long, however, and while I make these episodes weekly, it would take me well over a week to read that 755-page bill and research it and do everything else that I would need to do for a proper episode, and I wouldn't be able to form a properly informed opinion about it. It's... 755 pages long. I'm pretty sure I have college textbooks lying around somewhere with less pages than this bill. Now, Joe Biden, our current president, has the second hardest job in our country, with the first hardest job being a parent. Do you think he's had the time to read this whole bill? There is no index, there is no table of contents or anything for this bill. It just immediately opens up with Section 1, short title, This Act may be cited as the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. And so Biden put out a statement, which is publicly available on whitehouse.gov slash briefing dash room. And I'm, I'm going to read the whole thing to you first. And then I'm going to go and look over each individual part of what he says, and I'm going to compare it to the actual raw text of the bill. I've read as much of it as I could uh, in the past week, which unfortunately wasn't very much. So, statement by President Biden on the Senate passage of the Inflation Reduction Act. This came out yesterday, August 7th. Today, Senate Democrats sided with American families over special interests voting to lower the cost of prescription drugs, health insurance, and everyday energy costs to reduce the deficit, while making the wealthiest corporations finally pay their fair share. I ran for president promising to make government work for working families again, and that is what this bill does, period. This bill caps seniors' out-of-pocket spending for prescription drugs at $2,000 per year, no matter what their drug bills would otherwise be, Seniors will not have to spend more than 2000 In addition, 13 million Americans covered under the Affordable Care Act will see their health insurance premiums reduced by $800. This bill tackles inflation by lowering the deficit and lowering costs for regular families. This bill also makes the largest investment ever in combating the, ex the existential crisis of climate change. It addresses the climate crisis and strengthens our energy security, creating jobs manufacturing solar panels, wind turbines, and electric vehicles in America with American workers. It lowers families' energy costs by hundreds of dollars per year. Finally, it pays for all of this by establishing a minimum corporate tax so that our richest corporations can start to pay their fair share. It does not raise taxes on those making under 400000 a year. Not one cent. I want to thank Leader Schumer and every member of the Senate Democratic Caucus for supporting this bill. 
It required many compromises, doing important things almost always does. The House should pass this as soon as possible, and I look forward to signing it into law. So, Joe, that's your statement on this. Let's look at it line by line, shall we? One of the very first things you say about this is that it caps seniors' out-of-pocket spending for prescription drugs at $2,000 per year. If the bill does do this, I can't find it. Can you please point on the bill to where it'll actually do that? Because I ran a control F on this 755-page PDF that I have of it for 2000. 2,000, spelled out 2,000 and more. And the only place I ever found anything mentioning this number was in the section about heating and cooling costs for homes. Nothing about seniors out-of-pocket spending for prescription drugs or anything like that. The next thing you say is, in addition, 13 million Americans covered under the Affordable Care Act will see their health insurance premiums reduced by $800. Where? The only mention of health insurance or health insurance premiums is on page 245, and this section just extends the rule to allow credit to taxpayers whose household income exceeds 400% of the poverty line. How will that reduce premiums, and if it will reduce premiums, how did you come to the exact number of $800? Because I'm, I don't see how. Now, I am just an average American with a high school education. I don't have a college degree. I, I don't have a ton of experience, but can you please explain to me how this will work? Because I'm not getting it so far. Premium is mentioned on page 199, but it states that between 2024 and 2029, health insurance premiums are allowed to increase by 6% per year. You're going to make our insurance premiums go up in the two years from now? Why? How does this make our premiums go down? You also mentioned that this uh, bill would uh, tackle the drug pricing problem, or there will be a drug pricing reform. I found that on page 43, and it says that it won't take effect until 2026. That doesn't solve our problem now. That'll solve the problem four years from now. Also, the way that it words it for how it's going to do a drug pricing reform is it's going to try to limit how much a drug company could cost per unit of whatever prescription it is. Except that on page 93, it states that there will be no administrative or judicial review for the determination of a unit. So you max, you cap how much you can spend, or how much a company can charge for one unit of their prescription drug, but you don't define a unit. You let the drug company define the unit for you. That's not going to solve the problem. That's just going to make them 
lower the amount of a serving size, so we have to buy more serving sizes in order to get the same effect. Now, you do also mention in your statement, or in a previous statement, how this is going to fix um, the cost of insulin in particular. I did find the mention of that. It's on the last three pages, almost as if it's an afterthought, a footnote. And the exact wording states that there will not be imposed any cost-sharing in excess of either the lesser of $35 or 25% of the price of the insulin product. So, this will cap monthly costs for the person for insulin at $35, or 25% of the insulin product if 25% is less than $35. But it puts the rest of that cost on health insurance, not on the company. So this means that health insurance premiums are going to go up instead. I mean, up more than you already did before, by the way. And then you also say... It pays for all of this by establishing a minimum corporate tax so that our richest corporations can start to pay their fair share. It does not raise taxes on those making under 400000 a year, not one cent. On the second page, it states that the minimum tax percent of corporations will be 15%. Good, good, that's very nice. Except that currently, the minimum tax percent for corporations is 21%. That's from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Acts from 2017. This isn't a tax increase on corporations, it's a tax cut by 6%. That's not an insignificant amount. So, how are you paying for this, then, if it's not coming from the corporations like you say it is? Well, you say that it's not going to raise taxes on those making under 400000 a year. I tried to find where in this bill it said that. And what I found was on page 43, it says, Nothing in this section is intended to increase taxes on any taxpayer or small business with a taxable income below 400000 but there's a difference between intent and actually doing it. In conclusion, I don't think Biden's read this bill. I don't think this bill is going to solve inflation or fix our economy. I think it's going to actually do more harm than good the way it's currently written. On top of that, it is 755 pages. So, I could be entirely wrong. Maybe it could be a good thing. But I, nor any average American citizen, is going to be able to have the time to sit down and read these bills to actually see what they're going to do. And your one-page synopsis, or summary, or your statement, clearly isn't correct. Or if it is correct... I'm not seeing where that's being reflected in the bill itself. So something clearly needs to change with this, and I think that the thing that needs to change is just the length of the bill, the way that you word it. You need to make these bills and these laws shorter, more to the point, and harder to misunderstand. 
And I understand that it probably got this long in order to try and stop it from being misunderstood, but... If it's this long to stop it from being misunderstood, and our own president is either misunderstanding it or I'm misunderstanding it, where's the problem here? Where's the disconnect? How can I know for sure that this bill is actually going to help when, when I'm actually reading it, it looks like it isn't? Is there fine print that... I don't know, reverses all of this or changes all of this? Because I'm reading the raw bill, or I'm trying to read the raw bill itself. It is the size of a college textbook. And I only have a week to make these episodes, but... Do you think Biden's read this bill, too? Because it is 755 pages. Or do you think he's giving off the buzzwords that people are telling him that his advisors are telling him it's going to do. I think I'm going to end this episode, which is a really short episode, actually, with this last statement here. Communication isn't just a one-player game. It only works because we agree that words have the same definition. If I say cook, that could mean I'm making pizza, or it could mean that I'm making math. So if we have that kind of miscommunication, that could cause crazy things. Like when I am say I'm going to go cook dinner, and my former high school student says that they want to join, and the next thing I know, I'm throwing a pizza on the roof of my garage. I know this was a shorter episode, but I think that's all I've got for today. Thank you very much for listening to this very short episode of Bright Future, and I'll see you all next week. These episodes are recorded live every Monday morning at 7 p.m. Central Time. And if you'd like to join the conversation live, feel free to join our Discord server linked in the description or show up on my Twitch channel.